Hey everyone, Acid Drop here, back at it again with another episode of the Annie Trip Podcast. This is episode three. Um, again, I apologize for not having a guest this time around. Uh, my original guest, we were supposed to record this past weekend, but they had something come up with their family. Uh, they have kind of like a situation going on, and I didn't want to press it more than that. So I was like, just let me know whenever, and I haven't heard back. So I'm assuming everything's fine, but you know, the, maybe that they don't want to hop on a, a voice chat call because there's a lot going on in the background. Um, so this is another episode of me solo. I am going to interview a really good friend of mine and um, also kind of like one of my first uh, Twitch uh, followers who actually helped me create this YouTube channel and really gave me the confidence to review um, anime and manga and they unfortunately they're kind of shy and don't really like their voice so I'm going to essentially send them a, a bunch of questions about shoyo anime as well as um, you know what it's like to get into anime and manga in Ireland and they're going to essentially write out their responses and I'll read it on the next podcast you know I'll make sure to send them a bunch of thorough questions and I'll make the episode fun and then from there we'll see what happens I'm open to interviewing anybody who has the time whether that is me sending you questions or you know whatever just just hit me up let me know hit me up in the comments and I'll send you my email um, besides that this episode we're going to go over the summer 2020 what I'm watching and then we're going to get into Ghost of Tsushima and the complaints about cultural appropriation and just my thoughts and a rant about that and why I think that it's silly. Um, and yeah, we'll just get into it from there. So I have open right now an article by Kotaku. I'm not a huge fan of Kotaku anymore, but when it comes to anime, they have a journalist called Brian Ashcraft who actually lives in Japan and usually puts together um, every season, like every anime that's coming out, either on Netflix, Crunchyroll, Hulu, whatever, wherever he puts together a list. So I'm going to go over what I am watching currently, and then we'll get into Ghost of Tsushima. So first off, on Funimation uh, by Nut Studio, which is hilarious, I'm watching Decadence. Um, so this one is about, it's kind of a weird anime, honestly. So it's about this girl who loses her arm and her dad, and it, essentially in this, it's like a post-apocalyptic world where these monsters come out and essentially kill everybody and humanity has been essentially relegated to this giant fortress on wheels essentially uh it's kind of like that movie that came out a while ago that didn't do so well that was about something similar so you know this the first episode starts off with her losing her arm as a young girl because they get attacked by the monsters and her dad tries to defend her and you know he manages to get her sent off back into the fortress but, you know, she loses her arm. She just she dreams of becoming a warrior. But while she's going through the motions and like, you know, studying and she gets assigned a job, she, she can't. They essentially kind of like exclude her from being able to become a warrior because of the fact that she lost her arm. And so she becomes uh, kind of like a, a, like a I don't want to say forger. Yeah, forger at, where she essentially helps kind of repair the place and she meets her mentor who is essentially this guy who's a bit of a recluse and you can tell he used to actually be a very competent warrior. There's a twist to this. On the second episode, you come to find out that there's this actually like sub-microscopic almost society within the fortress and it's almost like artificially intelligent, like artificial intelligence, either artificial intelligence or aliens or something. They're very minuscule and they actually run the city. So it's like almost like a like a like a huge subplot within the main plot 
because it's like two things going on. You have like the humans fighting these monsters, but then there's this like, you know, microscopic race of something that's really controlling and pulling all the strings. And it's almost like a game to them. So it's almost like this uh, AI virtual reality world that's living and breathing where they essentially get these um, human skins to where they almost look like human skins and they go out and fight and they get points for doing well or they get points for not doing well. And if they cheat, they get treated as a bug and get deleted by the system. It's a, it's a little weird, but essentially her mentor, who's a recluse, is one of these creatures or and he can you know move this human body like however he wants but he, he's this weird creature that's supposed to delete things that they consider bugs and she is one of those those bugs like she has no record of ever exi of existing in the thing that's where the second episode ends i believe where you find out that she's like the perfect bug like she has no record on on the thing and i know it sounds weird but you just have to go and watch a trailer for decadence it's actually full of action and full of intrigue it's like i said it's a little weird you have to kind of get used to it because it's a, that that part of the plot is so random like and you feel like it's unnecessary but it adds like a extra element of just i want i want to say originality to it so that's one on Funimation i'm watching fire force season two i'm obviously watching i am a little disappointed with the first episode of fire force um they pulled a boku no hero season three where boku no hero season three i believe uh, the first episode, for the season premiere was like a gag episode, like a funny, like, you know, like kind of like ran random WTF episode. And Fire Force season two opens up with a similar episode where it's about him, like the main character, essentially um, going out and uh, kind of reminiscing about how season one ended, but also um they they have like this shopping day and then he has to essentially model with the males in the fire force uh, at least his squad uh for the calendar for the male for the, like the sexy fireman calendar or whatever and they get last place and it, it was it was a funny episode but i just don't think that it's a good way to really premiere a new season like it's kind of random and you know ultimately not my favorite i think it's it's really weak to open a season like that i would have preferred that they just swapped the episodes even you know obviously it could be following the manga i have not read the fire force manga i really should i enjoy the first season of the anime a lot i'm waiting for this season to wrap up so i can just do a review of both seasons i just remember season one was so long that like it would take me forever to rewatch all of it so maybe i can just do two and one Anyways, I highly recommend watching it. Uh, episode two is really good. Episode three, I think we, we've already had three episodes, I believe, and they've all been really good. I'm excited for episode four. Uh, you can catch it on Crunchyroll and Funimation. I don't think it really needs a plot summary from me, but if you haven't watched Fire Force, it's essentially the creator of Soul Eater, from what I remember, and they made a story about this world in which people can essentially get possessed by demons, and what the demons do is that they set you on fire, so they can have, they set fires across the city, and you get taken over by these demons, and you get like some special abilities, but they're all related to fire, and obviously when you get possessed by them, it can happen randomly. You lose all your humanity and you die instantly because you get set on fire. And so the firefighters are actually called the fire force. And a lot of them have either special abilities or some level of martial arts that lets them be able to take on these challenges, rescue people from, from that are hurt from these fires, and also defeat these demons. There's also, I believe, two 
secret organizations that are fighting to kind of, I don't want to say rule, but cause like a great fire that happened 20 years prior. There's a lot of like, you know, kind of like you don't know who the true villain is because there's two different villains that it seems like they're fighting. The main character for the life of me, I can't remember their name, which is unfortunate, but he's really cool. I like his design a lot because he's designed to look like a bad guy. And that causes people to distrust him because not just of his looks, but also of his past uh, story where he has like, like a really um, strong ability and they think that he is the reason that like his family died. Like they kind of treat him like an outcast. And because of that, he has a little bit of Naruto syndrome where like Naruto, obviously like he um, was treated like crap by ev- like by everybody because of the fact that, um, you know, he, he has a demon trapped inside of him and his parents died. It's kind of something similar to that effect. Um, with him though, he, in Fire Force, he, you know, kind of rises above that and he wants to be a hero, even though he looks like a villain and it's got really cool action scenes. The combat is really awesome. The sound effects are really awesome. Everything about it is perfect. People complained because like some of the characters were like bikini tops, like the girl characters, because obviously they're dealing with flames. So they get really hot and like people are like, oh, it's too fan servicey. Oh, this is dumb. But it's cool. It's cool. It's funny. The combat scenes are amazing. I remember the season finale for season one was awesome. Really great, full of action. The plot is really compelling and it really moves forward with every episode. There's a bit of a training arc. And so I'm, I'm excited for it. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see more of it. So another one that I was watching before, I think it was The Millionaire Detective, and it says that it's back now, but I haven't seen it come back at all. Um, It's supposed to be in Funimation. It started watching it in the spring, but obviously because of the COVID situation, it got delayed and they never pushed out any other episodes. But like I said, I haven't seen it come out at all, so not sure why they're saying this is airing. I... I haven't seen it at all. Um, so yeah, there, that's another one. It's essentially uh, James, like it's like James Bond. It takes place in Japan. It's uh, this guy who used to be an ace detective, but has kind of fallen off and works at like this branch where they are treated kind of like you know, like they're like the X Files almost. Like the, not that they they deal with weird cases, but that like they're all slackers and they don't really bring much value. And then this millionaire detective gets assigned to to them who is essentially like james bond like he looks like james bond he acts like james bond but his way of doing things is that he throws money at everything and the main character doesn't like that because he's like you know he wants to be like a true detective where like he solves things through wit and hard work and not just by throwing money at everything and so they clash and they get partnered together and it leads to some really funny situations and some really cool situations as well so I'm glad that it's back. I haven't seen it on Funimation, so I will check it out and I will let you guys know. I'll do a review of it once the season wraps up. Another one I've been watching it is called uh, GBI. So it's uh, G-I-B-I-A-T-E. Uh, it's a horror martial arts fantasy. It's on Crunchyroll. Um, uh, it says Yoshitaka Amano character designs are brought to life in an anime which disease has infected people, turning them into monsters. I don't know... If there's a manga based on this, let me check real quick. If there is a manga, I will definitely prefer to read it. So while I I enjoy this, um, no, it's an anime original. That sucks because the anime is not that good. I enjoy watching it, 
I enjoy the story, but the problem about it... So it's essentially these two characters from the, I want to say Edo period, are on their way. They get exiled from Japan, and they're on their way to this island, and something happens, and they get sent into the future. And the future they get sent into, Japan has been overtaken by uh, Giabites or Gibiads, something like that, which are like this infection that takes over humans and turns them into giant monsters that you know giant insect monsters essentially or hybrids of insect monsters and the like the first episode was okay and the setup is great the monsters are not so good because it looks like the monsters are done with cg whereas everything else is hand-drawn and like you know like you think that you're like all right like whatever i'm down like this looks like it's going to be cool but the problem with this anime is that even though like the second episode has some cool combat scenes, you can tell by the way that it's shot that they take a lot of shortcuts to cut costs. Like there sometimes like there's some cool stuff happening and instead of showing it to you, you just see like close up shots and like you'll hear like the action happening, but like you won't see like it happening essentially. So you're just like, why is there so many close up shots? Like it's just filmed really weird and it's filmed purposely this way so that they don't have to spend money on animating more than they have to and that's really unfortunate because i think that it's an interesting story you know like i like like ghost of tsushima is popular right now obviously so like you know you want to watch something like a samurai in the future killing like monsters like it sounds cool but it's just it's a shame that it's animated very poorly obviously you guys know i'm watching the god of high school so i don't need to go over that um trying to see there's one coming soon uh called the great pretender and it's about uh con men essentially doing their best it's coming to netflix it's airing in japan right now but you cannot see it anywhere um unfortunately uh same thing with hero mask hero mask is one that is also on netflix the first season of hero mask is actually really good i recommend watching it it's a lot like psychopaths almost in terms of just like it's a future, like a crime takes place, and this squad of people try to uncover the crime while also kind of divulging their past about themselves. And it's about like the secret society essentially covering a lot of things up. Um, it's really good. The first season is on Netflix. Again, these are premiering in Japan, but they're not currently on Netflix. Japan 6, I did an, uh, a review about, so you guys know that I really enjoyed it. The entire season is up on Netflix. Watch it. Uh, Kanojo Okari Shimasu, or rental, rental Girlfriend, um, the anime is pretty good, pretty faithful to the manga. I prefer the manga, obviously, because it's further ahead. Uh, I'm curious to see, you can catch this one on Crunchyroll, I'm curious to see where it goes. It's a pretty decent romance story, to be honest. It's just that the main character gets really annoying after a while because of his inability to essentially just be able to commit or make a move on somebody but the recent chapters of the manga have kind of ended that frustration for a lot of us fans because the main character has kind of done something really good for the main heroine so you could watch it it's essentially about a kid uh, who gets dumped by his girlfriend and there's this service in japan where you can rent a girlfriend and like they pretend to be your girlfriend for a whole day and you take them on dates and or you you know you pay for them to go on a date with you and they make you feel good about yourself like you essentially get like an ego boost and that's what it should be for but the problem is is that people 
who are shy or who are awkward, like who aren't really thinking about trying to get the real thing or confuse like the service for the real thing. And so they don't move past it. And our main character is not one of those people because in the first episode, he rents this girl and he really likes her. And then he realizes that it's fake and that everything was really fake. So he gives her a bad review. And then he decides to go on another date with her and they get into a huge fight because of the bad review. And it, it ends up being that his girlfriend or his grandma collapses and he goes and he takes her with him to the hospital on accident. And then he has to explain to his parents like, oh, you know, like who he's with. And then they kind of go along and pretend that she's his girlfriend and it causes this huge thing. And, you know, like she's willing to do that, obviously, just, for, you know, for the money. And she's actually a really kind girl. But then, like, what happens is that her grandma is in the same hospital, too, and then she sees her with him, and it turns out that their grandmas are friends, so they're like, oh, we're so happy that you guys are together, and so then they have to kind of keep playing the part. To make matters worse, uh, the main character, Kazuya, he goes to college, and when he goes to college, like, she goes to his college as well, and so it just causes things to go even more become even more awkward for them and then it turns out that they're actually neighbors they live in the same apartment complex so it's really funny i highly recommend that there's some really touching moments in it but obviously the manga if you want to read ahead i think the manga is wrapping up pretty soon and it's the manga is really worth reading the miss the misfit of the demon king academy uh another one that i'm watching it's about this demon king who essentially decides to give his life up because he's tired of this endless cycle of the yusha or the hero coming and killing him or trying to kill him and then like it resets everything and they have to do it again uh it reminds me a lot of like cautious hero uh it, it's the same where like these things go in cycle and so what the demon king decides to do is that he's like listen i'm going to let you kill me but i'm going to activate this spell like you have to trust me he's like i'm going to activate this spell that means that when i die like i won't be reincarnated for like a thousand years or something like that and what happens is that it'll finally separate the demon world from the human world and he's like you know like this way we can finally like break the cycle and live in peace because i'm tired of it and the hero agrees and so they do that and he's reincarnated essentially and in the demon world everybody like tells like stories about him but no, they got the name wrong and, and things like that. And he tries to tell people like, hey, I am, you know, like the demon king that ruled those thousand years ago. It's me and nobody believes him. But he has all his incredible power from them. And, you know, he's he essentially starts to meet up with his older comrades. But it seems that somebody in the world has manip manipulated everybody's memories and has completely changed his name and his identity from the history so that it makes it harder for him to be able to you know, claim what is rightfully his, which is his place as the Demon King. So he has to go through this Demon Academy, not only being one of the best students, but also kind of recruiting people and helping, you know, these two girls out who are sisters. And one of them is like supposedly like an artificial life, like a, a person who is not even supposed to be alive, but is. So that's one that I'm watching. Um, there's a uh, there's quite a few coming out that I haven't seen actually premiere yet, and I'm wondering, one of them is called Monster Girl, and it's uh, or Monster Doctor. It seems like it's a harem, etchy fantasy story. That's probably what I haven't seen, a Monster Girl Doctor. Um, so I think I'm going to skip that one. You know, some of those are usually funny, and obviously people love that fan service, but 
uh not for me right now because of the amount of manga i'm juggling oh no guns no life season two it's on funimation it's really good so far uh it you know definitely picks up where season one left off where they're essentially trying to solve the mysteries of just a lot there's like a government conspiracy going on the the main character is being hunted and yeah i'm actually very excited for season two i you know i've been having a hard time catching the episodes as they come out because funimation doesn't do a good job at really letting you know when things are are out like like i said i in my rant video sometimes you just don't get notifications and you completely miss an episode um, there's one anime that's on Crunchyroll called Peter Grill and Philosopher's Time where it's an Eshihoran fantasy. It's actually pretty funny, but the episodes are very short. They're like 14 minutes long, so you can really finish it very fast. Uh, I recommend the manga over it. I think the manga, you can get through it faster, and I'll do a review of that, so I'm going to skip over that. Obviously, RE, Life in a Different World from Zero, or Zero Kara Hajimeru Isekai Sei Katsu Season 2 is premiering. It's awesome. I love it. Um, the first episode is a little bit too dialogue heavy for my taste, but it's getting good now. Um, it's exploring the lore a lot more. For those of you who haven't caught it, it's about, I can't believe I can't remember his name. I, you know, so many different uh, izakais that I watch. Uh, let me find his name real quick for you guys so that I can tell this, like a quick Subaru. So it's about this guy named Subaru who essentially he, there's a lot more to him from the novels, from the light novels than you get from the anime, but he was a popular kid in middle school. The problem was that, you know, his father is essentially this person that a lot of people looked up to, and he tried to become like his father. And for a while, he succeeded in middle school, but then, you know, like he didn't develop his own personality because of the fact that he was trying to emulate his father, or like, you know, he was always trying to be like the Joker and things like that in, in class in middle school, and that blew up in his face. And so when he goes to high school, he decides that he wants to be different, but he falls back into that because he has never developed a personality of his own. And so because of the pressures of the fact that so much was expected of him because of his father and him just being kind of average and not being able to live up to those expectations, he decides to essentially skip school and be kind of like stay home. And at first he was just doing it, you know, like just because he could. And then next thing he knows, like, a long time has gone by and he hasn't been going to school. One day he goes to the convenience store and he's kind of thinking about all this and he ends up, you know, getting sent to another world. But in this world, he is given this ability by the evil witch of the world who supposedly is dead and hasn't been alive for a long time. He is giving uh, one of the sin abilities in which he can come back to life whenever he wants um or not whenever he wants but whenever he's killed he can come back to life and he keeps all his memories from the time that he was killed uh there so far haven't been any repercussions for him having this ability he's been able to kind of get through like a lot using this ability but you know obviously there are other people who have different abilities that have the witch's blessing like him who right now he's facing and that kind of creates this very compelling plot he is also tied to this uh, person named Emilia-chan who is uh, of elven descent and the elves are actually kind of like treated like crap in this world because the witch was an elf. So 
she's trying to become like i believe like a prince or no a princess or a queen of the area she's one of the ones running up and people are very nervous about that and so there's kind of like this game of thrones plot to it as well where you know there's like a battle for a throne uh and i believe that's it that um you know that kotaku has written about i'm trying to look at my crunchyroll right now to see if there's anything that i might have missed but i think that that's everything that i've been watching uh obviously black clover is going on and if you haven't seen it i really recommend it um it's a it's a good one people knock it but it's good another one that i'm watching is uh mr love queen's choice uh that one is about a girl who is given uh uh essentially a, a tv production company in which she's in charge of a show that her father used to run where they explore like mysteries and the show is not doing well and she decides to explore this mystery that involves people i can't remember what the name of them is but they have special powers and it's kind of like a developing story about these people who have special powers and are considered like the next phase of human evolution and a government conspiracy to an extent. Um, so that one's really worth to get into as well. The first episode was really good. I think the second episode just came out. And that's really it for what I'm watching for summer 2020. Um, I really have been enjoying all of them and I've been juggling quite a few, honestly, uh, it's very hard to watch all of them at once. <laughs> so I've been trying to uh, watch as, as many as I can and then kind of continue my reviews of manga as well as, you know, like other anime. I'm trying to get through Outlaw Star, trying to get to G Gundam. So, you know, just I'm juggling a lot, <laughs> but it's been fun so far. So, yeah, so that's it for my summer 2020, what I'm watching. And I will proceed to switch over to Ghost of Tsushima. So... Ghost of Tsushima is a really great game. It's developed by a studio called Sucker Punch, which used to do the Infamous series. I don't know if they're going to do another Infamous game. I believe they're also known for Sly Cooper. Um, Ghost of Tsushima came out, and it's about the Mongol invasion on Tsushima Island. And they're, like the game is really great. It's fun to play. I highly recommend it. I'll have some footage of it playing in the background of this podcast on YouTube if you watch it there. And, you know, I really, before I get into the cultural appropriation claims, I, I give Sucker Punch a lot of credit. They really put their heart and soul into this game from a technical standpoint and from an atmospheric standpoint and from a cultural standpoint. The game plays like a love letter to Japan and to like, you know, like everything. I mean, they have a mode called Kurosaka mode or Kurosawa mode, which is, I believe he was a famous director who used to do the black and white samurai movies. A lot of the game is based on those movies, a lot of the, I don't even want to say tropes, but just the themes from those movies. You're a lone samurai trying to take back your island and, you know, trying to preserve your honor as a samurai following the Bushido code, but also you're, you know, doing underhanded tactics called like ghost tactics, like, you know, being an assassin, playing as a shinobi, using tools, you know, like killing people from behind instead of being able to look them in the eye. And it's a very compelling story. There's one time I was fighting. There were, I was fighting. I kept using executions, which is like I could jump on top of an enemy and kind of link master with my samurai sword, which means like, you know, you jump and you impale them with it from up high. And my character, uh, Jin, he in the moment where I impaled someone, he had a flashback and like he was thinking about his uncle and how his uncle taught him the Bushido code and like how to be a samurai and he like whispers like i'm sorry uncle because i had i had been using the ghost tactics so much and you know it's just so well thought out and executed 
Um, I think where the game really got me in terms of accurately, maybe accurately depicting our Japanese culture was when there was, um, there's this lady who gets, I think the Adachi clan, they get everybody taken out and only the mother is left and she's seeking revenge. And there's one point in time where while she's talking about how like, you know, like you're at her home where everybody was executed recently and she's talking about playing with her kids and like you sit down and you're having tea together, looking at this beautiful like sunset and like of Tsushima Island, just everything. And it's very poetic, you know, like there's this theme of like you're talking about death, but also you see all this breathing life in front of you. And, you know, she's sad, but you're drinking tea and she's talking about how like the kids would play and, you know, there's there's a lot of those themes of like honor and also revenge like you know that make like samurai movies samurai themes and you can tell that sucker punch really went out of their way to study all of it and to really put it in their game and accurately present it again it's about the mongol invasion of tsushima island you play as Jin. Um, he is essentially one of the ruling families i think he is the ruling family of the island his uncle is essentially the one in charge of the island and the samurais jin his father dies when he's really young and it's kind of jin's fault uh that his father died so he lives with that guilt and the game starts with you essentially trying to fend off the mongol invasion during the first night that they attack a lot of the samurai die like almost all of them except you you're left alive and somebody kind of nurses you back to health and the entire game is essentially about you trying to get your uncle back from the Mongols who have him captured. And you're trying to kind of recruit, not only protect like, you know, your island and your people, but you're also trying to recruit help to try to fend off the Mongols and send them back. And, you know, it's an intense fight. There's a lot of collectibles. There's a lot of like the whole stronghold. There's a lot of side quests that are all about like learning new samurai tactics, like, it's just a really beautiful game, and it's done beautifully. As you play it, you can't help but think of like Dororo, uh, Inuyasha, uh, Samurai Champloo, like those animes that really kind of like showed you what the Edo period was like. I don't think this is Edo period, but you know what I mean, where like, you know, it's a lot of walking around or riding a horseback through mountains through like all these like, you know, like roads, and there are like these little shacks in the middle of nowhere where, where there's bandits, there's all these things, and it's just an awesome experience. Um, I play it on Japanese. You can catch it on my Twitch channel. So when the game came out, you know, there were a few reviewers who kind of gave it a poor review just because of the fact that it's a Western studio depicting, you know, an Eastern philosophy, an Eastern world. And they kind of accused it of cultural appropriation. A few games journalists on Twitter kind of went off. Um, one of them was Asian. I believe and like we're just kind of talking about how like you know like oh you know like a western game depicting asian culture or whatever and kind of went off on a spree there's another guy who essentially took hotaku and a few other journalists were like hey famitsu gave this game a perfect score famitsu it's a japanese magazine that critiques video games i believe it's a website as well um in japan they critique western and obviously games that are from japan and they are known for being brutally honest and, you know, very critical of games. They have only given three Western games perfect scores, Grand Theft Auto and Skyrim, and now Ghost of Tsushima. And they loved everything about Ghost of Tsushima. And, like, you know, like, 
people are really excited because it's like, oh, wow, like people in Japan love this game. And as of today, as I'm recording this, Sony reported that Ghost of Tsushima is selling so well that you can no longer get physical copies in Japan. Like it's sold out completely. And, you know, it just further reaffirms that like people are really thankful for this game over there. And so these some of these journalists were like, oh, you know, it's messed up that everyone is kind of going our head over our heads, like Asian Americans essentially, to get validation from people in Japan. Or so it was something to that effect. And I'm like, that does first of all, that doesn't make sense. Second of all, it's like people in Japan, they love sharing their culture. Like that's one of their big things. They love cultural exchange. And they love the fact that people love their culture. And, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who like take it too far and maybe make them uncomfortable but they love the fact that we like seeing these things that we like anime that we like manga you know that we like visiting um you know they're obviously very like they like it that you visit they don't like it so much that people like move there in droves so um but you know there's a lot to it like they're perfectly fine with it there, there was a big thing a few years ago where people were wearing kimonos and stuff and people were getting upset and then like japanese like uh not just not japanese americans i want to say like japanese residents who were who do cultural exchanges here in america and kind of like really love to teach people about the kimono and how to put it on we're like hey we're perfectly okay with this and there were people yelling at them about it like telling them that they should be offended so you know it's just my thoughts this game is perfect the way it is it 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 takes you know it really shows off the culture in a really good way and you can tell that there was a lot of respect and care put into it in, in, and the res- representation of that culture. So the whole cultural appropriation claims are stupid. You shouldn't pay attention to them, and you should really enjoy the hell out of this game. So that's it for this episode of Annie Trip. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Again, sorry for no interviews so far. I promise there will be some in the next episode. As always, I'll catch you all in the next one. And please subscribe if you enjoy this kind of content. I'm always happy to make it, and I'm hoping to get to 1,000 subscribers so we can finally make money. (laughs) All right, y'all. Catch you on the next one. Peace.